The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Whoever is wicked covets the spoil of evildoers, but the root of the righteous bears fruit. And so let's jump in to Proverbs 27, 18. Whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and who guards its master will be honored. And then we'll go jump into Proverbs 28, 19. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. Colossians 3. 23 to 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as, you reward, as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Let's all pray. God, we come before you, Lord. We want to thank you for this moment. Because of your grace that we are all here today. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fill this room, Lord. Open our hearts, open our minds to receive you, to receive your word and what you're about to teach us and what you're about to tell us, Lord. God, I pray for uh, peace that surpasses all understanding. Be in this room, God. For all of us are heartbroken, for all of us are wanting, longing, and seeking you, your wisdom, your love, your grace, your mercy. I pray that everyone here will see you through the words that's going to be shared by Yoni today. Be with us all, and we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. What's up, church family? Oh, man, some of y'all clap louder and scream louder at the Super Bowl. Let's try it again. What's up, church family? There we go. Hey, there's some Christians in this room. How you guys doing? If you guys don't know, my name is Jonas. Um, if we're like family, you can call me Yoni. That means all you guys can call me Yoni. Uh, over the youth and young adults, uh, director slash deacons. That's kind of interesting. Um, doing all those things. So um, we're in a series that's going to be talking about or walking through the book of Proverbs. And uh, just one thing, I was so encouraged today earlier when we were uh, setting up that the, the women were doing the hermeneutics class. I was, when I was walking in, uh, Brooke was doing announcements. It seemed low-key dead when she was talking about that. That's an awesome thing. I don't know about y'all. I was encouraged. And I mean, I'm going to do like some of us, I know ladies, you know, on TikTok, we got charcuterie boards and however you, however you pronounce that. Uh, you, you get all excited for the little date nights and stuff. But like seeing women come together, like growing the Lord, that, that's amazing. And fellas, just a word of advice, those are ladies that you should be seeking. Amen. All right. That's just, that's just a free, some free advice for y'all. Uh, cool. All right. So um, I don't know about you guys. I've been really encouraged walking through, uh, going together to church through the book of Proverbs. I think Randall has done an excellent job. Um, if we just take a second, can we just thank God by clapping and for our pastor, for Randall, for the elders and this church that we have, an amazing church. Yeah. 
We don't, we don't, we don't want to be one of those churches where the, the preacher brings up the Bible, but he ain't, not, he ain't talking nothing about the Bible, you know? And so I'm so thankful that we have a church that's gospel-centered, that we actually believe the scriptures, that we walk through it. Amen? And so I know it's been a minute since I preached. It's 2023. It's been a while. You know, I, 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 I like uh, interaction with y'all. Y'all can talk back to me. It's okay. Y'all can shout. It's okay to say amen. Amen? All right, just making sure y'all y'all little rusty. I'm making sure y'all good. All right, so um, I'm, I'm going to make sure I do good on time because I know that I could be uh, lengthy. Okay, so I want to talk about today, if you guys are taking notes, the title of my message as I continue, I think this is the eighth, eighth week in our series called Ancient Wisdom, Ancient Wisdom in a Modern World, a Study in the Book of Proverbs. So this is our week eight. You guys been, raise your hand if you've been enjoying it. Amen. All right. Yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. I think it's cool because even before we did this, Randall told our staff that we're going to be walking to the book of Robert, Proverbs. And like, that's dope because I've already been a few months in the book of Proverbs myself. So like, that's so cool to do it together as a church family. There's nothing like when you study the Bible by yourself, that's amazing. Right. But when you can come together as a church community. Right. I know we we, uh, we all enjoy our devotionals, our personal time. But in the Bible, it was a uh, it was a very communal time together. Right. We always you know how we say I got my. My private time with God. I got my personal time, my quiet time. That's cute. We do that. We love that. Um, but then also there's something beautiful about God has given us these body of believers and then to encourage one another, right, to grow in wisdom and the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. And then also, you know, our pastor's not here. And so he has asked me to step in to, uh, to share and continue our series. He's in Israel. So a group of people are in Israel. Uh, a lot of church, I think, partnered about 50 or so people. Um, and this is... Randall right there. I can see the Shekinah glory already shining on the, my brothers already. They're looking good and our sisters. And so they're out there having a good time. Randall just sent me a picture earlier today. Uh, I don't have it, but like the eating fish from the Sea of Galilee. Man, that's, that's organic than Trader Joe's, I'm pretty sure. And so I'm, I'm excited for that. So, um, yeah, so let's, let's get into it. So we are in the book of Proverbs. We're talking about how to have wisdom, right? How to grow and how to, you know, wisdom is basically having knowledge about something, but not only having knowledge about something, but also being able to apply that knowledge. Does that make sense? And so a lot of us, um, we can have knowledge or wisdom, but until we act on what God tells us to do, right? A lot of us are, are, are hearers of God's word, but we don't actually do it, right? We want to do what God's word says. And so the book of Proverbs is a uh, collection of, uh, it's not a collection of tips, tips and tricks. I love how Randall says it's not a life hack, right? There's many good things that the Bible does tell us in the book of Proverbs on how to live, how to interact with God, how to interact with one another, relationship. Those are good, but we don't go to the Bible just to get tips and tricks on how to live a better life. We don't want, as I often say, uh, behavior modification. We want people transformed and impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, y'all miss your amen moment. It's quiet, right? We want people, I don't know about y'all, we want people here to be impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want people to know. I don't know about y'all, when people come in here and they're not saved and they never heard of Jesus, there should be something that is a, an aroma, right? Like Paul says, like an offering. As we worship God, as the gospel is being proclaimed, people should begin to question their lives and say, what is it that these people are into? I need to know more about this. And that's what we're praying for. And so we're in this book that's teaching about ancient wisdom. And ultimately, um, it boils down to this. There, there's been a lot of wisdom all throughout uh, in the past, but the wisdom that's found in the book of the Bible or in this Jewish book or um, that's been given to us is that Israel has centered wisdom in the fear of the Lord. I don't know about y'all, but I think there's a lot of us or this our world lacks having the fear of God. 
right? We, we don't fear the Lord. And so Proverbs, as Randall's been doing, um, telling us that it, it reminds us that fear begins, uh, wisdom begins in the fear of the Lord. And so King Solomon, he's the author of this book. Um, King Solomon is the son of King David who writes this. And so with this, I want to, um, you know, let me just go ahead and um, give you my main point. I only have one. I know Randall does a very good job of giving you guys three. I got one point for you. Is that okay? One point, amen, but there's going to be a lot of talking points. The main point is this, God cares about our work and he desires that we work at our jobs well in a way that honors and glorifies him and benefits others. Let me read that again. God cares about our work and he desires that we work at our jobs well in a way that honors and glorifies him and benefit others. How many of y'all believe that? And I think so. How many of y'all got jobs? Raise your hand. Good. Y'all interacting very well. Do you know God cares about how you work at your job? Uh, you know, sadly. So I want to talk about the integration of faith and work. How do you, if, if you, it's, I feel like many churches have done a bad job and many of us believers, we kind of um, can get amnesia. We can forget. We think once we're in here, this is holy and sanctified, spirit-filled church. And then as soon as we leave and get in our cars and we're out of this church environment, we're no longer on holy ground. You ever thought like that at least or growing? How, 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 do, how do you think that impacts you when you go to work the next day on Monday? Some of y'all, oh, y'all hate Mondays, amen? The alarm clock goes off and it's like, how does the gospel speak into the everyday moments, right? As Christians, should we rejoice when the weekend comes up or can we rejoice on Monday morning with customers in our face yelling at us or associates or whatever, if you have, you're an owner and you have employees and they're not doing well, can you rejoice in the mundane, everyday parts of life? Like how does our faith, right, integrate with our jobs? And maybe some of you guys don't work and maybe you're a single parent or maybe you're widowed. I don't know what your, your story is, but God has given us all these timeless truths and principles that can speak into our everyday lives. And so how does our faith Right? How does Jesus, how does the gospel interact with our jobs? That's the question I want you to be chewing on as I walk through our text today. Does that make sense? And so I think a lot of us, we do a bad job. We don't know, right? I, growing up, I had a lot of interaction with my old church. I was over the high school and college. Say, I would talk to people and they're like, Yoni, man, your, your ministry is easy. You know, I'm a lawyer and I'm dealing with real work. I said, that's interesting. What about Daniel? Right? Didn't we just read about faith for exiles? Like, how do you live, right? Don't, doesn't God want Christians to be lawyers? Or maybe some of y'all are secret Asian Christians. No one even knows you're Christian but you. Is that Maybe that's y'all. I don't know. You don't want to share your faith, but God wants you to share your faith because God wants to save nations. God wants to save people, and God wants to speak. And so, again, how, and another question I want to ask you, as we've been going through this book of Proverbs, I want to present this to you guys. I believe there's two ways to read the book of Proverbs, right? Two ways to understand there's a right way to read Proverbs and there's a wrong way. The wrong way to read Proverbs is you can see this as a, books, uh, uh, as a book of rules that you need to follow. And then if you follow them, right, you could be like a Pharisee. Okay, I'm fearing the Lord. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm living right. I'm thinking right. Okay, God is happy and pleased with me. You can, hopefully you guys are following with me where that's going to lead you to. And so you feel like if I do this, right, there's a lot of good truths. People who are not even Christians would read Proverbs like, oh, that's good. And they would apply it to their lives. And they'll say, oh, I've seen a lot of good fruit, right? And God's word will do that. God has something called common grace. God will bless people even though you don't, um, 
necessarily believe in him. So you can read the book of Proverbs as a Pharisee. You can say, if I do these things that Pastor Randall has been talking about, then God is going to be happy. And then you could find your identity in what you do and not uh, who you belong to. Does that make sense? So that's the wrong way to read it. The right way is that I, even though I do these things, I don't do it for God to love me. I'm already operating or functioning from a place that God already loves me. I'm already a son and daughter of God. I'm already loved. Oh, man. Amen. Amen. Okay, maybe that's just, I'm preaching to myself. I'm already loved. God has already called me, redeemed me. I don't do these things to get his approval. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel. Like God says, words, it's already accomplished. It's already done. You don't need to add or do anything to it, right? So there's a right way and a wrong way to read that book, this book. Does that make sense? And so I want to encourage you guys. I don't know if you've done that and like, hey, I'm apply these things. Yes, we want to walk in these things. Yes, we want to fear the Lord, but those things do not change your relationship with God or make you right with God. It's only putting your faith in Jesus Christ, what he's done for you, uh, for you and dying on the cross for your sins and believing in him. That's what makes you right with God. Amen. Amen. I'm just trying to free some of y'all because I trust me, we're walking through that. And so as blood-bought Christians, again, we, we, uh, we honor the Lord for what he has done. So today I'll be speaking of the subject of faith and work. How uh, or, or how our faith in Jesus Christ affects our work. And again, there is this, sadly, there is this uh, secular and sacred divide that I was uh, talking about. We separate uh, uh, our faith from the rest of our lives, and we begin to feel disconnected. Right? We start here Monday, the work week starts, and there is no Jesus. Right? And, and that's sad. Right? I, I've, I've lived in that. I walked in that. I'm still growing just because I'm preaching with a mic. Believe me, I feel like I need Jesus more than every single one of you in here. I know how messed up and ratchet I am or wretched and how much God loves me. I'm still shocked that he loves me. Like, ain't no lightning hitting me. Praise the Lord. No angel knocking me out in the Bible because of how, how wrong I am. I'm so good. The gospel's so good. Jesus is so good. Amen? And so I'm, I'm so thankful for that. And so when we uh, begin to understand how God wants our faith to be integrated with our work and how we, God wants us to take our faith into the work, we'll begin to see so much tremendous change in our lives. And so instead of seeing this divide of that's, that belongs to the world, this is Jesus, we're here with our Christian bubble, we begin to see, no, the Bible says that uh, Psalms 24, everything belongs to the Lord, everything. There's nowhere that you can go that God does not say, that's mine. Amen. Everything belongs to him. Your boss can yell at you. Ultimately, you serve Jesus. We'll get that when we get to Colossians, right? Everything belongs to the Lord. And so you were created. I was created to live our life as though Christ was living fully in our office, in our company, at your uh, cubicle and at your meeting. Like, what would it look like if we truly believed this and when we leave here today and we live like that? How do you think our communities would change? Right. How do you think our schools would change? How do you think our kids we raise? How would our church be different if we actually walked and believed what the Bible says? I always ask God that question, like, wow, what would that look like if we actually did what the scriptures teach us? And so, again, that main point, I want to talk about that God cares about work. How do I know this? In Genesis, the Bible tells us that God had a job. Amen. God worked. He, he worked, right, for, uh, he created the, the world, right, he was working, and then he rested. And so we are image bearers. We have the imago de means we're created in the image of God. So when we work, we mirror and image God. And God, when he did his job, he said he did it very well. 
And he worked hard in the same way God wants us to honor him when we work and we do our jobs. Okay, so let's go. I want to really, I know we're in Proverbs. I, I feel the Lord leaning more towards Colossians, but we're just going to walk a couple points in these verses. So if you guys can put the first scripture on there, Proverbs 12, 11 through uh, 12. It says, y'all still with me? Yes. All right, all right. Um, it says this, the one who works his land will have plenty of food. But whoever chases fantasies lacks sense. The wicked desire what evil people have caught, but the root of the righteous is productive. And the book of Proverbs has a lot to talk about, about working hard and comparing and people who are lazy. Sometimes I'm not going to lie. I read them like, oh, I am a little bit lazy. My God, help me. Um, and so there's a lot that it talks about that. So we learn in verse 11, it says, the one who what? Works his land or field. So like the one, you have a job. If you do well in your job and you work hard, you will what? You receive a benefit, right? You, you will be able to uh, have plenty of food. So what also does that imply, even though it's not in the text? If you don't work hard, what? Y'all can talk back to me. You won't have food. It's okay. Some of you guys look shy. It's okay to talk back. Amen. Right? If you don't work hard, you won't have food. So we learn from this text that a wise person works hard at his or her job while fools People who lack sense chase worthless pursuits that in the end will lead to poverty. And so with our jobs, God wants us to work hard. God also, when you work hard and you have plenty of food, God, God also wants to bless you. When God blesses you, it's never just for you. Do you guys know that? Some of y'all, when y'all, 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 you guys get to get more income, right? You're like, oh my God, we about to move out this zip code and go to another one. And you got, and there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. God is not against the wealth. Right? I was just reading, if, I don't know if you guys are going through our 40-day devotional. Like yesterday we were reading, it was talking about the possessions, that life is not a material possessions. There's nothing wrong with it, but our heart posture. If we are hoarding all the resources that God has given us, and we're not sharing with other people who are less fortunate, that's when it becomes an issue. And so God wants us to work hard, right, to work the land, to tend it, to, to focus. God wants us to do that. And as we do that, again, because we are mirroring imaging God, right, it can add a, a perspective to our lives. When we don't understand uh, the gospel and how the gospel is more than just Jesus dying, even though that's a very big part of it. Because if you think, I know Randall always quotes Tim Keller, where he said the gospel is not just the right, ABCs of the faith, it's A through Z. If you can't understand how, it's, it's so amazing how, um, I love God, and again, uh, how if you just think about the very small job of being a farmer. If you're a farmer and you're working the ground, you think my job means nothing, right? No one knows your name. And then you work, and then the farmer has, maybe it's a family-owned company, they have the farm, they sell it to the middleman, the middleman buys it, packages it, and it ends up, uh, all of us lucky people, I don't know where you shop. My fiance says I can only shop at one place. It's a circle that's red. You know what I'm talking about? Target, amen, amen. I don't know, she said don't go to Walmart, we don't believe in that, so. Uh, so anyways, and so just the farmer and working and being faithful and honoring the Lord, it benefits us, right? We can begin to see that my life matters. As God works, every job that you have, it helps human flourishing. It helps people grow. You can even think, even emails that you sent, even if you're a barber, I don't know if you, if you, uh, if you do nails, if you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're coding, whatever you do, every job that we have, when we imply, uh, apply and bring the gospel that God has created me in his image, he wants me to reflect him, to honor him, and in doing so that I'm able to be a blessing to other people. When you go to work tomorrow, Monday, or also if you go to school, if they're a full-time student, that's your job, you can honor God when you're writing essays. Amen. 
Amen. My professor told me that in seminary. I was very upset he said that. But, it, but it's very true. You can honor the Lord. God wants us to honor him. So we must work hard. And as we do that, and it says, verse 12, the wicked desire what the evil people have caught, but the root of the righteous is productive. In other words, like what you sow, you will reap. If you're working hard, God will reward you for how you live your lives. Okay, Proverbs um, 27, 18. I know that we had the, uh, the other verse, Proverbs 28, 19, is basically verbatim for this verse I just read. So if you can put Proverbs 27, 18 on the screen. Cool, okay. It says, what, whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and whoever looks after his master will be honored. And so again, when we talk about integrating our faith, when you have a job, anybody ever had a boss that you don't like? It's okay to... Some of y'all lying already. I can see it smiling. I know. Coworker you don't like? You, you just get off the phone. Girl, let me just tell you about so-and-so, right? And when you begin to live like that, uh, faith, God wants us to be faithful servants or employees. And as we serve the Lord at our job, again, that's what the gospel does. When you have someone that just, you know, the old flesh comes before you got saved, BC days comes out of you. Like, when you understand the gospel, you can say, wait a minute, like, that's not me no more. And you can begin to, how many of y'all actually pray for people that piss you off? No, maybe you should try doing that, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. If you're able to integrate the faith, the gospel, and bring that into your jobs, if your boss is upsetting you, like, man, I'm trying to do the best I can. Your coworkers wants to gossip and cuss them out and live crazy. Yeah, we don't live like that as Christians. We can't do that. May we not live like them, right? And there's grace if we, you know, it's okay. You can go to work tomorrow and be like, hey, I know I've been, a matter of fact, I, I started the group chat, and I got to say, I got to remove myself. Maybe that was you guys' story. It's okay. God wants you to, to honor him. And so as you uh, work, it says, whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and whoever looks after his master will be honored. So in other words, faithful servants or employees will reap the reward or of their labor. So when you work hard, God worked. He produced this wonderful creation, and then he rested, and we are a result of his creation. And so when you go to your job, right, uh, you know, I, I used to work at McDonald's. Like God's, I got saved maybe at eight years old. And I've been, I've been working since I was 16. As I started, like, just growing the gospel, like, I'm going to be the best fry flipper in the world. Right? I promise you. I don't know. Any McDonald fries lover who thinks McDonald's the best fries? Random. Right? Even, like, I'm, I, just, I just stick with me. I know it's kind of like, doesn't make sense. But if you're doing that for the glory of God, you know, hey, I'm going to come on time. I'm going to make sure I'm watching the clock, the fries, shake it, salt to the correct way and do that. And someone eats that and they say, my God, this is the best fries I have. It may seem minimal, but God can use that. Does that make sense? Maybe my understanding of the gospel may be crazy, but that, to me, literally, that's like human flourishing. Any job that you have, if you're helping someone with makeup or if you're helping someone with any job, you're a teacher, you're a leader, a student, anything, if you're helping with the youth, please pray for me. You work with the youth. We love y'all. How y'all doing? I, had a, I told them I was going to shout them out. Can y'all clap it up for my friends in the back? Amen. Yeah. And, and any job, you will benefit. So again, this word tends means to pay very close attention to. You work at it. You work hard. And here's the encouraging thing that you will be honored. A master here, some translation or commentators believe that this talks about God, that God will one day honor you as you honor him at your job, as you work hard, even though they don't treat you right. Some are like, I'm about to put my two weeks in, and God's like, no, I'll put you there for your sanctification. You better not leave. And so we want to honor the Lord in that. Okay, y'all still with me? Does it make sense? 
Okay, all right. Unless y'all be nice to me, I appreciate that, but that's not going to be good to me. Okay, Colossians 3, 23 through 24 says this. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for who? What's the text say? Amen. For the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the word of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. When we begin to integrate faith and work intentionally, we embrace our whole selves, mind, heart, body, and soul. And so that means living as a sacrifice, being a follower of Jesus who daily takes up the cross at your workplace. Right? You seek to do this because you understand that all scripture is for everybody, not just for pastors or elders or leaders. It's for every single person here that they are doing the work of the Lord. Right? Ministry basically means your service. Like, what do you do? How do you serve the Lord? If you're a student, that's your ministry. Hey, I'm, a, I'm a student of Jesus Christ on my college campus. If you're a co-worker or you work at a job, hey, this is my title, but I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And so Dallas Willard writes this about talking about having this understanding. He says, transformation of character comes through learning how to act in concert with Jesus Christ. The practical ins and outs of acting in concert with Jesus vary greatly in the marketplace. But it can only happen if we unite instead of separate the secular and the sacred. And as we do this, we will allow transformation to happen to us daily, not just in the quiet moments of prayer time at home, but in the hectic moments of life in the workplace. And so, again, God wants us to transform us. God wants us to speak and to, to help people, right? And even if you, like, I don't know about y'all, like, I used to work for the San Diego Unified School District. They're not, they say you can't pray at school. Y'all know that? The Bible says if... if if a man's law goes against God's word, maybe, you know, then you're able to break that law. I don't know about y'all. But does that make sense? So I went there. We have students who got, like, and I said, you know what? I said, I'm like silver and gold. I don't have money. But you know who I do got? Jesus Christ. And so I would, like, you know, I'm not, like, very out there. Just, hey, just lay hands on kids. We're not doing that. But, like, I will come and say and, and just pray. I will begin to ask the Lord to move at my job. And then I will have coworkers, like, maybe they, they, they lost someone. They're not a believer. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? Hey, do you mind if I pray for you? And what God would do in that moment in a simple prayer, and all you did was just step up in faith, like, hey, can I pray for you? Like, don't let the enemy like, make you put fear in you that you cannot do that at work. Right? God will use those moments. I'm telling, I've seen it so many times. Maybe you guys have the same story. At work, something happened, you would just begin to, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, God is leading me to share this with you. And God, God knows what he's doing. Right? He wants us to be involved in what he's doing. And so here in the text, Paul writes, like, whatever you do, you can put any job title or anything that you do. Um, make sure first that you do it from your heart. But then again, everything that you do is not for people. It's for God. So when your boss calls you to come in and work on Christmas Day, Thanksgiving, holidays, and you're like, oh, my God, I just need this. I can't work. I want to be with my family. You're doing it for the Lord. Right? And again, it seems very simple and very practical, but if you apply this to your life, I believe you, it would transform everything that you do. Every single thing that you do, again, from the heart, as something that's done for the Lord and not for people. Verse 24, knowing that uh, you will receive the reward of inheritance from the Lord. And so again, there is that, that promise that God promises us. So as we serve him, as we're faithful in our jobs, as we bring the Lord into our jobs, into our spaces, and we invite God in, 
Right? God wants us, right? God wants to use us. God wants us to be his, his hands and feet, right? Then our, our, our vision statement, right? To be a church for our city that seeks new life in Jesus. Again, church is a people. It's not a building. You know, you guys always hear that. Like, we, we are the church. We go out for our city, wherever you're coming from. Some of us come all the way from Temecula. You know who you are, and we thank God for you. Um, and so God wants us to use us, right? God's kingdom is within us. Therefore, uh, um, it is wherever you are at. And again, I said this earlier, but I want to say this quote again. Uh, a, a prime minister of the Netherlands said this, there's, there's not a square inch in the whole dominion of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry mine. So our workplaces, where we spend a great deal of our time, become ground zero for Christ's likeness and spiritual formation. Amen? God wants it. Like that, those are the places God is beginning to, to forge you into him. Some of us are, you know, we're very prideful. Some of us are very cynical. Some of us are very unkind to ourselves and to other people. Some of us are rude. Some of us are jerks. No one ever says amen on that. When we talk about God loves you, amen, right? Like, amen, I'm to myself. We are a lot of those things. We are fallen, broken people, yet God takes us into those spaces to remove everything like a blacksmith. He takes everything, right, every part of you, everything that does not look like him. God turns the fire on, right? God the Father just comes, and then he begins to purify He's just slashing and taking away everything off of you, and he turns the fire up and up. And as a good father, he does not allow you to get hurt or anything until you come out at the end of that thing, not looking like how you came in, but looking like him, right? All things work together for good for those who love God are called according to his purpose. We all love that verse. What about verse 29? Anybody know what that says? So to be conformed into the image of Christ. So in the Greek, that literally means this is the purpose of that, so that we would look like Jesus. And so when you begin to understand that you bring in your faith that the gospel is more than, okay, Jesus died for me. It's not what we're just teaching kids for the uh, GC kids back there when they're learning. It's not them just teaching them that, oh, you're a sinner and God died for you. And then you advance and you grow to bigger and deeper things. No, you, you are planted in the truth of the gospel and it begins to overflow into your life, into every aspect of all that you do. Does that make sense? And so God wants you to take your faith into your job. God cares about how you work. And even as we look at Jesus, Jesus lived on this earth for 33 years. Do you know Jesus had a job? Right? Carpenter. My man was cutting wood. Probably got dust all over his hands. You know, came home and, you know, ate dinner with his mom when he was younger. He worked hard and he worked faithfully. He was obedient to his father. And I'm pretty sure the text doesn't tell us about his early life, but I'm pretty sure knowing Jesus, he was probably faithfully preaching the word. He was doing that as a young boy. And he did that knowing his identity, right? Knowing that God has called him to, right? And so as we go into those places, I want to encourage you guys and remind you that think about how does God want to use me at my job? How can I honor the Lord Jesus? And maybe some of you guys, I'm sitting here, you're like, man, there, there, there's that coworker that God's been telling me to talk to. There's that classmate that I just keep seeing that when, maybe when I'm praying that pops up in my head, God wants you to use your, uh, your faith into those um, situations. And I'll end uh, with this. So I want to uh, read a quote from the Gospel Coalition. I was talking about how we integrate our faith uh, and our work together. And it says this, the Christian's daily work, whether in the home or in the office, or under a clogged sink, and whether paid or unpaid matters to God. 
working with our hands, heads, and hearts is dignified as it is through our work that we contribute to the flourishing of ourselves and our neighbor. We love our neighbor by doing good and uh, doing good and just work. The grand, beautiful, and liberating biblical story provides concrete and compelling evidence that our work matters to God. All human workplaces at home, in the office, under uh, sink, again, it says, uh, honors the Lord, right? Changing a diaper. Amen, moms, we see you. Sometimes daddy don't be around. Taking out the garbage, creating a spreadsheet, writing an email, sending a text message, doing a PowerPoint presentation. In these forms of work, contribute to the flourishing of fellow fellow image bearers, whether those under the same roof, in the same office, in the same city, or who share the same planet. And so God, as he calls you in, regardless if they love Jesus or not, God wants us to use our gifts. God wants us to take our faith, right? Some of us, it's time to stop being secret agent Christians. We need to be bold in our faith. That doesn't mean you have to just, you know, wear like Grace City. This is my church. I'm a Christian. Let me have to do that tomorrow. But God wants you to do that. Our work is our assignment from God. Our work is our mission field from God. God wants to save and see those who are lost. And it's given to you by your Heavenly Father for the purpose that he has planned for you long ago. Your work itself, the projects, the spreadsheets, the flow charts, the team meetings, all have meaning and eternal purpose. God is deeply concerned about your relationship with others as you interact in everything that you do. And again, I'm honestly, if I'm being honest, I'm reading this and I'm like, as I'm studying, I'm like, I, I, I'm still working through it. And some of y'all, I get it. it. It may sound good now. Tuesday, Wednesday come along and the email is just like, you know, whatever they may say. And you're like, oh my goodness. Like, how does the gospel apply to this email? Like, I just want to go ahead and just, you know. And so God wants you to be transformed by that. God wants to, to speak to you. And even those moments where it's hard, pray. Say, Lord, wait a minute. Remind me while I'm here. Like, God, how can I be a light into this place? How can I be your vessel? And so whatever your vocational calling is, whatever your ministry is, God wants you to have kingdom impact. God wants you to use you at your jobs. Okay? God wants you to impact and make impact for the gospel. Does that make sense? All right. I'm trusting maybe God is doing something, or I hope I didn't lose y'all, but okay. All right, let's go. Uh, do you mind if we stand? I like to stand when we pray. Is that okay? All right, so I'm just go ahead and pray for us, and then. We'll continue. Um, Dear Holy Father, thank you for the opportunity to to stand before your people, Lord, um, to be able to speak about our Christian faith, God, and how we are called to be good stewards, Lord. You've given every person here in this room, um, if they are a believer in Jesus Christ, spiritual gifts, and that is required of us, each of us, to be found faithful, God. We will stand before you one day, Lord, and give an account. And so I just pray uh, for my church family here, God, I pray for myself, God, that you would begin to encourage people with the gospel, Lord. Give them, Lord, a, a, a renewal understanding of your word, God, that they can take
this glorious message, God, this hopeful message to a, a hopeless world, God, a hopeless situation, and bring light, God. Help us, some of us who maybe struggle with understanding how does my faith intersect with my job or with my school. They may see no connection, Lord. I pray by the gospel you would create that bridge to help them be able to see that, Lord, and be a light and representatives to the places that you have called them to, Lord, that they would honor you faithfully because you are worthy, God, and deserving. And so I just thank you again for every person here today, Lord. I pray that whatever is of your word that was communicated today, that it will fall on good soil. And anything that I have communicated this morning that does not honor you, Lord, I pray that they would not even remember it. Only what is true and what is good and what is Christ-honoring, Lord. And so just thank you, Jesus. Again, you're the ultimate perfect picture of someone who's completed their mission and finished their job and their assignment. Even as the apostle said that I may complete the assignment that the Lord Jesus has given me, God. May we be found faithful. May we honor you, God. May we glorify you for all that you have done because you are worthy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.